Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello everybody and welcome back to another Forza Italian football podcast. It's another midweek round. It feels like we haven't left these seats since Monday evening, Sunday evening. When was it? Who knows? I'm Connor Clancy. I'm here with Kev Pogzelski. Kev, how are you? I'm good. Two rounds left. Two rounds left. This one very long consecutive season is nearly over. I've... You've no idea how happy I am that the season's nearly finished. And it's not to say that I don't like football or what we do, but it's been a bit much, hasn't it, for over the last 14 months? Yeah, and I think, you know, you know I I, I have a relative dislike for international football, but I usually quite get quite infused about the um, tournaments when they come around. And I usually watch the games back to back. I actually have got no interest in that this year either. Mm. Um Think how bad that's going to be. Like International tournaments are often quite poor because everyone's wrecked at the end of the season. Imagine this. It's going to be dreadful. Like It's really going to be bad. Um, so I'm like you. I love an international tournament. I love international football generally. But these this European Championship, I don't think I'm going to be watching even half of the games that are played. I'll watch Italy, and I think that might be about it. Maybe Spain too. Yeah, I think because there's some games on my doorstep, well, in this country, that I don't know, something, something I doubt that I don't like. You know, not that I've ever, I've only ever travelled to one Euros mm. and in France because it was a ferry hop across the water. But mm. yeah, something about it being local doesn't feel quite right. I think the fact that it's local and it's not the whole competition being local, right? Because if it was, if it was all around England, it might be a bit fun for you. Like if. It was all around Italy. I'd be buzzing for it. But the fact that there's a couple of games in Rome, I'm just kind of thinking, meh. I might go down see what it's like. But I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, Kev, we've got some football to talk about because there was a midweek round. Just um, from the top, 
There is still one game left to play in this midweek round, but it's Crotone Verona, and it literally could not mean any less. So Kev and I decided to convene on a Wednesday evening rather than Thursday, give this a little bit longer on the shelf, and makes our lives a bit easier to get it done now, doesn't it? Well, it does, but then I've just been reminded that Simi will probably go and hit four and ruin my player of the week who I've already <laughs> I've already drafted because I want to I want to have the rest of my week off. All right. Um, well, I for for your sake, Kev, I really hope Simi does score four or five goals tomorrow evening, and just just to know that you'll be working when I won't be will be a very satisfying feeling. Uh, but anyway. I'll just list out the results because it's a midweek round. We're not going to go into every single game like we normally would. We're just going to have a bit of a more general chat. There's been some big news this week as well. So Napoli played Udinese in the only game on Tuesday evening because they didn't want to spread things out. Fair enough. Napoli beat Udinese 5-1. Cagliari-Fiorentina played out a scoreless draw that only a moron would have watched. Atalanta beat Benevento 2-0, meaning that they need just one more win from their final two games to qualify for the Champions League because of their superior head-to-head record against Juventus. Milan with a 7-0 win over Torino are in that exact same position. And bear in mind, those two meet on the last day. And it might have absolutely nothing riding on it now. Sampdoria, Spezia finished 2-2. Inter beat Roma 3-1. I thought it was 2, but it was 3. Bologna lost 2-0 at home to Genoa. Lazio needed a 95th minute winner from Ciro Mobile to beat Parma 1-0 at the Olimpico. And Gianluigi Buffon saved the penalty as Juve beat Sassuolo 3-1 in a result that might not make a blind bit of difference come the end of the season. Like I said... Crotone Verona's to come on Thursday evening. But, Kev, I think we've got to kind of start, if you can overlook the fact that I snuck in a little mention of you being a moron there, uh, with the fact that Atalanta, Milan, both won, are both now just three points away from qualifying for the Champions League. And you did the report for us on the Milan game, and they won 7-0. I jokingly tweeted that, Milan were pretending to be Atalanta for the day and I lost five followers when I said it. So, um, how did this one go? Well, um, it, it started with me realising that uh, Davide Nicola had changed six of the starting lineup. Mm. Most most importantly, I think, you know, the one that jumps out of you, that Andrea Bellotti. And I had reservations. Like, okay, I can understand why they're doing it if they want, you know, if they really want to stop Juventus getting Champions League. But then I thought they're not completely safe of relegation, although it looks really hard for Benevento um, to, to get out now. But Torino, if you were watching this game and wondering whether the game had been uh, arranged, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Where. We're less than we're five minutes in, Kevin. You're talking about match fixing. But you would, you know, you would question. There was so there was such disinterest from the Torino players, and actually, I think you can get that from go. You know, I don't know when um, the the coach actually announces the team. Some some coaches do it just before kickoff. You know, a couple of hours before the game or whatever day before. But they must. Some of those players must have been looking around them and thinking. They, you know, they're, they're saving the, they're saving us for Spezia and Benevento, which are their last two games. Right, but crystal. remember, Kev, they've got three games left to play because they've got Spezia next, then Lazio in midweek, and then Benevento on the last day of the season. So they had to 
rest these players at some point and it's not going to be against Spezia or Benevento. No, but I wonder if, if they had fans in at home. You know, Milan isn't, you know, a, 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 if you like to call it a traditional derby, but they are quite close to each other geographically. And there's, you know, if you've got home fans in, I just wonder what happened. That said, Milan looked really infused from going to Turin a few days ago and hitting Juventus for free, although a, a lot more nervous, nervous, if you like, and took longer to sort of make the breakthrough. And the, the, the last three goals, all scored by Rebic, came in like a nine-minute period where Torino were literally just letting the Milan players walk past them, breeze past them. Well, you know, the, the, for the yeah, for the third goal, they conceded possession on the edge of the Milan box. Mate played one pass to Liao. He raced forward, and I don't. There was barely any Torino players chasing back to chase them. Syracuse mm. went across to Liao and rolled the ball across. We rolled the ball across for Revic, just placed into an empty net. So, in normal circumstances, I think it will probably would have finished three or four nil. You uh, say that, but Milan scored seven goals. They had twelve shots. Torino, do you want to guess how many shots they had? Oh, I don't know. Two. 14, Kev. They, they outshot Milan, which, oh, hands up, I didn't watch this game. I was watching Atalanta and then had an eye on Juve as well. But but this was a side, you know, Torino, that, that had lost once in the last seven games. It shown and showed far more sort of fight and cohesion. And I think the changes just disrupted them. And it's, it's probably where you notice that clubs with fewer financial resources, changing that number of players is such a significant downgrade on, on, on what you've what you would usually be putting on the pitch that it can have a catastrophic effect if you say, you know, you, you mentioned how many shots Torino had, but one of those where everything the other side hits goes in, you don't, and it suddenly it's just there laid bare for everybody to see that it was a probably an awful decision when they look at it in the cold light of day and not compared to, or, you know, in the, with a view of maybe it keeping them up because they'll then mm. go and get four points from Spezia and Benevento or six points or whatever. I'm just conscious that Milan fans don't like us as is, and they've just won 7-0 away from home at a really nervy time of the season when they've just played a huge game three days earlier. And you've started off by talking about how bad the opposition were. I think we've got to give Milan credit. They won 7-0, Kev. Atalanta were doing this last season and we were all fawning over them, so surely we should do the same thing here. Oh, no, abs- no, absolutely. L- loads of credit to Milan. I think I think some of my disappointment, and you know, and you've probably had this, is where you're watching a game, you're doing a match report, you're going to a, a game where you are a neutral and you're expecting maybe, you know, we all write a little bit of our match report pre-planning what might happen, and you're expecting a hard-fought game, you know, because Milan are looking for Champions League, Torino are, you know, looking for survival, and then you're just disappointed by the outcome, so it's probably, that's what's probably coming off from me. Milan were great. Hernandez had a great game, bombing down the left. Rebic, actually, although he had a bit of a spell, I think it was last season, all feels like one season now where he came into the side and he sort of, he took up the mantle of scoring goals. That's, that, that feels like it's the only bit of real praise he's got 
you know, when you think that Ibrahimovic, Kessie, Tamori recently. So I think he's a phenomenal little player. He's only 27. He's got that. When you watch him on the pitch, he doesn't. There's there's no there's no histrionics if he's fouled. He sort of takes the physical element of the game and drives at players. And he, he there was a couple of occasions when uh, Samu Castellejo was, you know, he was rolling around after being um, admittedly fouled. And Rebic's kind of just sort of trying to sort of G him up and say, you know, come on, mm. you know, we just, let's just go. I think it's probably only still one nil at the time. Um, and he, he, he was very deserving of his hat trick, even though it came from kind of close range, range finishes when Torino were on their knees, um, because he provided the, a really delicate through ball for Castileo to get a foul for the penalty. And then another wonderful ball that Hernandez ran onto and, and delivered a sublime chip over Sirigu. Mm. I think um, it helps when he's not accusing the referee of having a mother who's acting as a prostitute in the city of the the opposing team, right? He's he's obviously a very good footballer. I'm shocked to know that he's only 27, to be honest. It feels like he's been around for quite a long time, and it feels like that Fiorentina spell was about 15 years ago. I mean, it, it probably was. He probably joined them in about, what, 20 12 maybe so I didn't realize he was that young when he made that move to be honest yeah and it's one of those where you realize like I think we said it a week or so ago where you can like we can cast aside players just based on a hmm. you know a wrong move or a move too early or just because of too much expectation when they when they go somewhere you know there's a lot of hyperbole in football hmm. um on to Atalanta then, the other team who just need three more points to wrap up the Champions League. Tempted to say that they didn't get out of second gear, but then I doubt if they ever even got into first. I don't think they ever needed to turn the engine on in this one. It was like a training match, as was their game at the weekend, I believe. I'm, I really can't remember what happened at the weekend. Who did they play at the weekend? Yes, the game against Parma was how did I forget that one uh, was also just a training game and really encouraging because Gasparini has been making really intelligent subs Miranchuk's been playing a little bit more Muriel Malinovsky Duvan they're all having their minutes dosed in a way that you think they could well arrive at this Coppa Italia final against Juve next week in really really good shape and if they can turn out another performance like this and like against Parma when they play Genoa at the weekend when they're not even at 50% and get three points, then they know they go to Juventus already in the Champions League and they can just give everything and not have to worry about playing Milan at the last game of the season. And what a luxury that will be for them. But this this team, Muriel, Malinowski, I if the... FIF awards were based on the second half of the season. I don't think you could look at anyone other than Ruslan Malinovsky as being the player of the season. Like in terms of Serie A in 2021, nobody comes close to how good he's been. There was a statistic, and I, I don't have it exactly with me now, but it was something like in January, Malinovsky had one assist in Serie A. Now he's on like 12, and I think he's the leading assist maker in Serie A at this point. It's been a phenomenal turnaround for him. And anyone that listened to this podcast and followed me on Twitter for all of Malinowski's Atalanta career until 
probably February, will know. I have not stopped criticizing him <laughs> since he's joined, but but then is your um is you know what you were saying about player of the season, is that not somewhat viewed with how poor or average? No, it, it absolutely like, is, but I think Look, we don't do a most improved, right? You know, in Sunday League, and it was always give it to the rubbish kid, and he'll come back again next year. That was but, that was effort. That was that was effort. <laughs> not most improved. But, uh, yeah, uh, we used to have um, there was most improved player and club man. So club man was for the rubbish guy who showed up at training every week, but then most improved was ah, you you can kick a ball now. Um, so. I wouldn't say Malinowski's quite that bad, to be honest. But. Here you go, club man. Your parent or parents don't, <laughs> yeah, owe, yeah. don't owe us any money for subs. <laughs> and your mum also brings the oranges or something. I don't know. Yeah, quite possibly. Quite possibly. Um, but I don't know what Malinowski's like around the training ground if he picks up the cones and stuff. So I couldn't comment on, on that side of things. But... Yeah, his his turnaround's phenomenal. And the pass he played for Luis Muriel's opening goal tonight was just gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. And the one thing I would say is that it's always been his decision-making. And the decisions that he makes constantly have me questioning, can he see anything? Like what when When he's looking at the ball... It, does he just have tunnel vision where he can only see the ball and his and the goal? But the pass he played tonight and some of the passes he's played in recent weeks shows that he's finding his feet under Gasparini. And it does take players a long time to do that, but he really, really is. And it's it's great to see. But specifically with with Malinowski and Atalanta in general, is they've they used to be a team that Papu Gomez had a great understanding with everyone. You know, absolutely everyone was on the same wavelength as Papu and he was always orchestrating everything. Now it's a little bit different. They've got little partnerships all over the pitch, like something that you'd expect to see in um, in an international team where they've got two Juve players, two Milan players, two Atalanta players, where they just understand each other. Whereas Atalanta have the wing backs who get on well, the, the two guys in midfield, Daron and Freuler. Um, then you've got Muriel Malinowski of an amazing combination. Muriel Pessina, Duvan Pasalic. It, it's amazing how they've worked on these little combinations. And I'd love to watch them train because the understanding some of the little couples have, it's it can't just be natural. It has to be worked on because it's, it's so, so good. And Kev, for a third season in a row on the 14th biggest budget in Serie A, it looks like Atalanta are going to go to the Champions League again. And that is just a ridiculous achievement. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it's, it's evidence of, you know, if you can get the talent in, good coaching and management will tease out the players and make them greater than the sum of their parts. And, you know, we all know that there's been, you know, the whole reason for the Super League was that these these clubs that are operating on much bigger budgets just cannot get any more money anymore. And they either should take some pointers from these sides that are more frugal 
and uh, operate on a smaller budget and actually just accept that maybe and um, in 10, 15 years, maybe um, football across the across the continent will be in a better position. Yeah, let's, I don't know. I don't know if I want everyone to be like Atalanta because then <laughs> some of the magic might be lost. But anyway, do we have to talk about anything else from that game? No, Pashalic scoring just always, always, always makes me happy because he does it in the bigger moments. And I, I do absolutely love the guy. What the else big, do we have to talk about? The big huh? moment Ben Benavento at home. No, but the the it's a big point of the season, right? And I've I've had arguments with people about Pashalic because he used to frustrate me, and then I realised he always seemed to score in the right games. And his, his scoring record, it's like he, he gets goals against Roma, against Milan, against PSG. He gets the goals when they really matter against Man City as well. So. I won't have a bad word said about Super Mario anymore. Love him to bits. Love him to bits. Um, those two wins leave Juve in a bit of a pickle because they beat Sassuolo 3-1 away, which I'll, I've got to hold my hands up. I did not expect them to do that. So full credit to them there. But it really looks like it might not matter because they've got to play Inter next. And I'm, I'm laughing because just think how much Antonio Conte is going to want Inter to just absolutely batter Agnelli's Juve. There's no way Inter are doing anything other than going at Juventus's throats in that one. But who knows? Even if they win that, it mightn't be enough because if, if Atalanta and Milan win at the weekend in their respective games, Atalanta play Genoa and Milan play against Cagliari, it's, it's done for Juve. Um... On this game, I think Gianluigi Buffon is the place where we've got to start because it, it came out in the week. can't remember the source of this, apologies. But Buffon is leaving Juventus at the end of the season, having spent almost all of his career there. Right, He had that bit of Parma at the beginning and then he had that one year at PSG when he probably should have just packed it in, you could argue, instead of going there and coming back. But he came back and he's leaving again. And he was started against Sassuolo, and I thought, that's a strange one. And he saved the penalty in the first half, got man of the match by Ewan Burns doing the FIF ratings and report, and sent Juve on their way to a 3-1 win. Huge. Uh, yeah, I, I, the, the penalty was one that would be put in the category of um, straight at him or easy to save. Um, I didn't watch the game, so you know, hands up to to Ewan and if his he was man of the match, he was he was man of the match. Might have been a sentimental man of the match. Ewan, let us know. Yeah, yeah, we might find out he's a closet Juve fan like Vito as well. Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> sorry, getting digs in on the. <laughs> you always do that when poor Vito's not here, um, and I couldn't tell you. I don't know if Ewan has a team which would suggest that he might be a closet Juve fan. So you and we're watching you. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it's interesting about the contract because my last recollection was that he was about to sign one. Um, I remember seeing a, 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 an FOF tweet and I responded to it. You know, it said, I was Juve, you know, Juve had a sign Buffon for one year and I was like, the year is 2026. Juventus still haven't won the Champions League and Buffon signs <laughs> for another year. So maybe that's what's happened this year. He's thought, right, I could do one more year. 
if we get to the final, I'm part of the squad. I can finally win the Champions League. And now they're not going to qualify for it. He's thought, well, fuck it, I'm off. <laughs> and uh, so, but, you know, he's he, what a career, I suppose, is and he's had. And it's, I suppose it's a little bit of a shame that Juventus either haven't run away with the league again to give him probably the last two games of the season. Or that maybe that they're they're already out of the Champions League races and he can have a couple of games. It looks like he might get that in the last game of the season, um, but now I can't remember if they're at home. But again, they're not. They're away to Bologna, but with no fans, um, I suppose he's already had his send-off anyway, so hmm. yeah, he, he'll probably be satisfied with that. Will he play the Coppa Italia final? Um, I don't... No, I've got a vague recollection. You might be able to correct, correct me that they don't do the traditional sort of reserve goalkeeper plays in all of the cup games. Juve, well, I think Buffon played in the second leg. Or he played in both legs against Inter. He played against Spal. And did he play against Genoa? Yes, he did. So he, he has been their Coppa Italia goalkeeper this season. Yeah, so he, he might do because... I don't know. It's been such a catastrophe for Juve. I don't think the Coppa Italia is going to sort of save them this year if they mm-hmm. walk away with that. So, yeah. I, yeah. And again, he did. He put in a decent performance this evening anyway. So it's not as if he's 41 and he's, you know, he looks every bit how I feel at 39. <laughs> um, you know, he, he's, he's still able to play at, at a decent level. And if he's going to try and find someone where he's going to get sort of, a full season next year, I'm confident he could probably do that in Syria. What was your favourite goal from this game? Because I thought it was going to be Rabiot's, then I thought maybe it'd be Raspadori's just because I like him a lot, but I think, you know, I think it's Paolo Dybala's. Yeah, just for the subtlety of the sort of the dink chip. Um, How are we defining this? Well, I because I was watching Milan... I saw the arc of the ball and mm. not any of the close-ups of how he actually sort of delivered the touch onto the ball. Okay. So, yeah, you'd have to define it because I'd just be... I think, right, it definitely falls into the category of what people would call a chip. However, I don't think it can be a chip if if the goalkeeper goes down. I've got a thing. A chip has to be over a standing goalkeeper in, in my head. So I'd go with a dink or a, or a lift if you want to be a bit more vague. But lift also suggests that the ball wasn't necessarily on the ground to begin with. You know, it was like a, a bobbling one and he, he lifted it. But yeah, I'd probably have a dink. Mm, I'd go with a dink. I like a dink. Yeah, I do as well. It's it's a nice word. But lovely goal from Dybala. Lovely, lovely goal. Um, but this was... Um, so, yeah, so what I saw of the game, uh, Sassuolo were... Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. 
For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. They were highlighting lots of the flaws that Juventus have had this season. Very ponderous on the ball, loads of space for uh, you know a counter-attacking side like Sassuolo. Well, not necessarily counter-attacking, but just a, a attacking side like Sassuolo to to break into, and they rode their luck a little bit um, with that. And then I think where Juventus have struggled this year is that they've got well they've got one big superstar talent and they've just they you know they've tried and rely a little too heavily on moments of individual brilliance now to mm. to to win games for them whereas it used to be the collective you know whether that was the collective of the back four or five you know keeping keeping people from scoring against them um and you think the rabio goal the Bala goal and the, the the ronaldo goal all moments of individual skill, technical um, brilliance might be a too strong a word, but um, and they need to they need to rectify that next that next year because it, it, it won't work. It won't work. Mm. Yeah, no, it, it it won't. Raspadori he scored again and we've we've got a question in from from Twitter from Rafael Arispo. On, on Twitter. So I'll put it to you before I give my thoughts on this, Kev, but it's about Raspadori. He asks, is he destined for a big club? Because he, he put in another good performance for Sassuolo, despite it being in uh, a match that they lost. He's 21. He scored against Milan already this season. I can't remember off the top of my head who else he scored against, but he got a nice goal against Juve this evening. What do you reckon? Is he one of these players that Sassuolo are just going to shift on? You know what? I think he he's got the talent to move on. I would like to think that Sassuolo will follow the example of Berardi. Raspadori will have seen how Berardi's career path has kind of gone with Sassuolo, with him being so young. Um, Berardi is still only twenty five and could now make maybe a step up, rather than do that thing like lots of young. Hang on, but Berardi cannot be twenty five. I don't know. He can't. Is, is he twenty eight? Is he? He's. he's <laughs> Domenico Berardi's twenty six years old. That's it. Twenty six. Well, I did that piece on him, so I knew he was. He's been around for long enough, and that's what I mean. <laughs> what players move too young, either don't get a chance or get a chance, and you know don't quite live up to the expectations. Their development is the crucial thing that actually suffers, and I think Raspadori has got that. You know, he's got that teammate. He's got that. Um, mentor example to actually follow and think I'm 21 years old I can stay here for another three seasons score lots of goals which he's capable of he's trusted by the coach obviously De Zerbi might not be there this is the thing De Zerbi might go to Shakhtar this summer and then like that 
I'm going to say it again, but when I spoke to Pedro Biang about the Zerbi, the way he spoke about him, I'd be quite worried if Sassuolo lost the Zerbi, you know. Yeah, but again, it's a bit like when you talk about Atalanta on the on the wage bill that they've got. There seems to be an ethos, ethos, ethos at the club um, that they know what they're doing. You know, they probably potentially bring the right person in, follow the same sort of strategy that they've, um, you know, they've been done so well with over the last few years. They don't seem to be, you know, another route that some clubs take is to get a little bit of. Uh, organic success, if you like, and then suddenly go and splash what revenues they've got. Obviously, the pandemic helps that they not a lot of clubs have got revenues at the moment. So, yeah, I'd 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 hope um, because of what Sassuolo brings to Syria that um, De Zerbi's departure, if he does depart, doesn't prove too um, catastrophic for the for the club. Mm. Well, they're guaranteed to finish eighth at minimum. They've still got a chance of finishing above Roma in seventh because, of course, Roma went to the Stadio Giuseppe Meazza against the already crowned champions Inter. And they lost 3-1. Marcello Brozovic opened the scoring. Matthias Vecino. Vecino. I always get this wrong. Vecino scored to make it 2-0 after 20. Mkhitaryan scored after half an hour. And Lukaku sealed the win in the 90th minute. But let's be honest. This match doesn't matter. And I understand you want to talk about Inter's kit. No, I, I, you told me we were talking about it on the pod. I didn't say I want to talk about it. Kev, talking about if you, it, if you tweet about a, a kit, you know that that is you saying, I'm bringing this to the table in the FIF pod. So I'm allowing you to bring it to the table in the FIF pod. Well, it's bloody awful, number one. It's unnecessary. It's Why got, is it awful? Some, some, it's lovely. Somebody's just handed a child a bunch of crayons. It's lovely. Draw, draw some, draw some shapes and stuff on that. We'll slap a big white bit on the back so they can put a number on. And then, you know, the thing that's really annoying me because I've got it playing in the background is that they haven't even made any effort to get shorts and socks that, that match it. <laughs> just, you know, I know it's that. It, it's like um, there's been a couple of occasions over the years where a club has turned up for an away game. And the referee has gone. No, you can't play in those shirts. And they've played in shirts that the you know in like the away shirts of the home side. Mm. And it's bizarre because they've got just shorts and socks that don't really match or go with it whatsoever. So it is. It's like they've. It's like a charity game or something. It's like it, because they're playing in their home shorts and socks. It looks like these are their warm up shirts. And actually, they've got that awful kind of Nike slapdash throw shapes and colours that it that it looks like a tra- like a train in a warm up shirt. Awful. Um, you know that dreadful Manchester United zebra shirt. Yeah. When that was originally released, didn't it have matching zebra shorts? But as far as I know, they've only worn black shorts or white shorts with it. I um, oh, see. Yeah, I was called out on Twitter because the zebra shorts are only for like they're the fashion accessory for it for when you wow. want to you know for when you want to go out you know they, they i think there's a big thing about they'll they're not no they'll never wear the zebra shorts we only play in the white or black shorts i don't know what color I go with oh. and it was the fact that they marketed these things because because when you want to go downtown in zebra shirt and zebra shorts <laughs> here you are 35 euros or whatever they charge for them. probably double that these days 
Is this like a response to um to leopard print fashion? Oh, don't I? Yeah, don't. I'm not a fan I, of that. I saw some young men in our in a local pub, like three of them out of like six of them walked in one summer wearing like leopard skin short sleeve button up shirts and matching like silky shorts you know like i don't know i suppose um i'm trying to think what now my what stace my wife calls it well this is the inspiration for the zebra stuff then well yeah absolutely but you know it's, it's like it's like when um why are people dressing up as animals but it's like Juve, isn't it, with their their half and half shirt when they wanted to become yeah. more a fashion brand. It's like, oh, just yeah, give us but, two kits a season and make sure your second one doesn't then force you into having a third strip. I don't know. Dressing up as an animal is a bit weird, to be honest. <sighs> yeah. Think about that. There's a gro- there are grown men dressing up as animals. Um, oh, look at me. I'm a zebra today. Yeah, I was let's a go- cheetah, a leopard yesterday. Okay, so let's go off topic for just, well, stay on topic. It wouldn't be like us when Vito's not here, would it? <laughs> no, okay, so many moons ago, uh, Stace, my wife, used to run a pub. She used to run the bar at Havenham Waterloo Oil Football Club. So we would finish work quite late. And a supermarket that opens 24 hours, we popped in there at about 1am in the morning to do our weekly shop. And... In front of us, we saw a man in a full lion costume <laughs> with a lion head <laughs> and with his wife explaining to the cashier that... How did you know it was a man? Uh, uh, no, she, 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 she said she, he was her husband. So okay. unless, I don't know, you know, unless we hear... So anyway, that is what I, that's how I devised that it was her husband. Okay. And she was coming to the cashier, but we were next in the queue so we could hear this conversation that Thursdays were his day that she allowed him to dress up as a lion. Um, but the cashier's response to this was, why is he wearing trainers then? <laughs> not, not just what? Her response was, He's wearing trainers, though, as if she expected him to come out in full. No, full. do you know what, though? That that speaks to me as someone who worked in retail for six years, because you do see some things in retail. And if I'd imagine you're in a 24-hour supermarket, you see some very weird things. So she's just so, like, desensitized. Is that a word mm-hmm. to, to that sort of stuff? Desensitized um, is a word. But, yeah, so that's next. Next year, Juve are going to roll out away to Verona all dressed in lion costumes or well they've got the um they've got they dress like I've forgotten about this until right now they already dress like a tiger don't they they've got that orange and black one is that like a tiger I can't picture it now I just know it's horrendous I think it's a bit too orange um Mm. tigers but yeah that's probably as far as we should go on animal related stories well i want to ask a question about the lion outfit did the was it like talk to me about the head was it like the chelsea mascot just a full lion head or was it open no it was like a chelsea mascot i suppose yeah just but you know more um uh lion looking than a you know a cartoon lion 
Yeah. More line. Okay. Do you reckon um people like this when we talk about this? I doubt it. Well, I, I as I, I intended on keeping this story short, I assume that they don't. Uh, but we've done three hundred and fifty podcasts in the last three weeks. <laughs> let, us, yeah. let us go. Um, what else do we have to talk about? Are there any more animals playing in Syria? There are eagles, aren't there? Well, I was going to go on to a lion. I think it's a lion. Now I'm questioning myself. Are you going to talk about? Hasn't Calorie got some sort of lion? Am I thinking of the wrong mascot? Um, Calliary? Yeah, maybe I'm thinking of a different mascot. Do Calliary have a mascot? Well, I don't know. I've, for some reason, I've got Calliary in my mind with a, mask, with a mascot of a lion. Um, no, they've got like that head on their crest. Yeah, okay. Oh. But You've thrown me there. Are we going to talk about the intergame? <laughs> we don't need to, do we? Because it meant absolutely nothing. No, absolutely. The only thing I found surprising that was with expecting Conte to want to tear Juventus apart at the weekend that he started Lukaku and mm. and, Martin. and finished them. Yeah, but Sanchez went off injured, didn't he? But um, but yeah, mm. that, that's it really for that. Okay. Um, other animals are the Eagles. Lazio needed a ninety-fifth minute winner to to beat Parma one nil and. I was left staring at the table for a long, long time after this, trying to work out, can they still get the top four? Because they're on 67 points. Uh, Napoli are currently fourth on 73. But of course, they they can't because Napoli hold the head-to-head advantage over Lazio. The, the only team I believe Lazio can finish ahead of if it was level would have been Milan. But they, of course, can't finish level with Milan. Now. Oh no, Lazio have three games left. Of course mm-hmm. they can still get the top four. I spent all that time looking for that image from Gazetta earlier, and it turns out they have an extra game. So, yeah, they, they can finish top four. Um, but unlikely to, I think it's probably fair to say. Yeah, well, I, I had them finishing on 75 points in fifth when I did my predictions mm. for the last four weeks, which I must say I've got a 70% success rate at the moment. The fixtures, How are you working that out? Too bad. Uh, well, there's, there's been ten games and you've been seven right. Well, yeah. Ignore ignore the last game, but I've got seven in each uh, set of fixtures correct so far. Okay, so it'll be, it'll be slightly higher percentage if I predict that Verona beat Crotone tomorrow. Um, but yeah, but I did have Lazio dropping points against Roma at home, um, dropping points again in the last game of the season against Sassuolo. So. I think top four's out of the question, but I think they can still finish in fifth and, and finish relatively mm. strongly. But I think the loss against Fiorentina at the weekend and them, by the sounds of it, having not watched it, having to grind out a 1-0 victory tonight uh, against Palmer, um, makes you think that, yeah, they've just not got enough fuel in the tank to, to sort of see through a, a top four challenge. Napoli have plenty of fuel. They pumped through the Neze 5-1. Zielinski, Fabian Ruiz, Chucky Lozano, Giovanni De Lorenzo and Lorenzo Insigne all scoring five different goal scorers. They're just very, very good at the moment. And I think you'd be mad to to suggest they're not going to pip you to the top four. 
Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And as I was watching this, um, I was thinking about uh, Victor Osserman. I love and, him. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I've not, I'm not gone that strong on him yet. Um, yeah, you're closer than I am to go and uh, be on bended knee in front of him. But uh, just that he's missed a lot of the season through injury. And you see the energy he's got and the drive that he's got. And I wonder, actually, if that's dragging along some of the others. Obviously, it's, a, it's quite a talented side. But as we mentioned earlier, it's been a long sort of maybe 18 months, if we call it that, across the, the world in football. And I just wonder if he's got that extra bit of energy because he's had that time out injured. Um, it can be infectious. And the way they're banging goals in at the moment, a lot of that stemming from him. I think he's now... Well, I think at the weekend he was sort of um, six goals from five games, and yeah, I think that's a that's a huge benefit to them in these last few weeks. And they, you know, for me, they're definitely getting top four. I liked his celebration because I think it was Zielinski's goal where he went through on goal. It was a nice move, great turn. He had a chance that you'd expect them to put away, but it was saved by Musso, and Zielinski tapped in the rebound. And you know the way often you'd see a striker in that situation be a bit annoyed, a bit hesitant to go and celebrate immediately, but he was like a, a FIFA player, like just automatically in the background when his team scored, did the celebration and, and ran off. And I, I thought that was quite nice. I think I might be reading too much into that because I already have a soft spot for him, but I thought that spoke a lot. I think, no, I think it's because when you watch him, he... He gets himself so involved mm. with almost like he understands his importance of providing an assist as well as he does a goal. And I think you see that slightly with Lukaku as well. You know, that he laid off for Brozovic today. And it's like you see a lot and a lot of strikers where it's just that single mindedness and that frustration when the, the you know it hasn't resulted in a goal scoring opportunity for themselves. And it's that wider understanding of what you can give the team. And then as soon as you understand that, I think then you can really start getting enjoyment from doing it. And Osman seems to have that bit about him. He absolutely does. Um, Sam Spezia finished 2-2. Genoa beat Bologna 2-0 away from home. And Cagliari Fiorentina finished 0-0. Kev, we've, we've got to play a game. Not the game, but our game in Vito's absence. But before we do, I've just seen a tweet from our friend and colleague, Alistair McKenzie. About, why are you smiling? Well, I was just well, you, you rolled past a, a, a game where I, I had a question really, because I because I was unfortunate enough to sit through Cagliari Fiorentina. Yeah, um, where there were no shots after seventy on target after seventy five minutes, and then I just gave up counting, and it made me think when games are that dreadful, it 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 sends your mind off into all sorts of various places, and because um, Jogowski got injured and had to go off early I wondered you might know this because I didn't look it up because I was too lazy do you have to bring on a goalkeeper because clearly Fiorentina didn't need one for the next however many minutes he was off the pitch and I don't know you know I know in like five aside or six aside because the goalkeeper has to be defined to the little d or whatever you've got to have a goalkeeper Mm. but effectively you can play with a rush goalkeeper in 11 aside football so what was stopping Yakini just bringing on 
a deep line center off because they didn't bloody need You know it. this is Beppe Iacchini, right? If it was De Zerbi, <laughs> quite possibly. But I don't know, actually. I suspect there is a rule because I remember at, I can't remember the, the finer details of this, but there was a World Cup where it might have been the 2010 World Cup where one of the teams had a a forward who had played in goal a few times during the season and done well. So they were going to list this forward as their third goalkeeper as a way of, you know, because a third goalkeeper never plays, just as a way of getting another outfield player to the competition. But then FIFA said, no, no, no. If you list him as a goalkeeper, he's only allowed playing goal. So maybe there is a, a rule like that, that. But I don't know. Yeah, that happened in 1994, actually, showing my age. Did it? That George Campos, who used to come out and play uh, as a striker for Mexico and also his club side. Um, yeah, they there were murmurs that even though he was their first-choice goalkeeper, they would also use him in attack, and FIFA said, no, you register him as a outfield player or a goalkeeper. So maybe mm. that's what it is. Maybe there's some rule now that that's... you don't have. You don't have 11 outfield players. You have a goalkeeper and an outfield player. It's rubbish, though, isn't it? Let them do what they want. Let them list their players and let them play wherever they want to play. Yeah, because today I would have loved for them to just chuck an outfield player on with a goalkeeper shirt and some gloves and let him play wherever he liked, to be honest. The game did finish with, with no shots on target, by the way. Um, oh, which yeah. is remarkable. But anyway, I, I want to point out that with, as Alistair McKenzie has pointed out on Twitter, with um, Chiro Mobile's goal against... Parma, he's now got 150 goals for Lazio. He's played fewer than five seasons there, and he's got 150 goals. That's astonishing. You cut out, and all I heard is he's okay. got 150, and then I heard right, that's well, astonishing. Immobile has 150 Lazio goals in fewer than five seasons. Wow. Yeah, what? Yeah, right. <laughs> He's scoring more than thirty goals a season for them. Yeah, I was struggling to do the math for a moment, and I tell you what, that is where it's a real shame because achievements like that in let's just call it the Messi Ronaldo era get underplayed. So you know, it's such a shame that they do get underplayed so much because mm-hmm. Messi and Ronaldo have normalised sort of forty, forty-five goal seasons. Yeah. Well, since 2016-17, only Lewandowski, Messi, Ronaldo, Kane and Mbappe have scored more goals than him. I mean, that's it's not bad company, is it? It's the two greatest players of arguably of all time, definitely that I've seen. And then one of the best strikers over the last decade and probably the next best player in the world as well. It's, it's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. But, Kev, mm. you ready to play a game? Yes. Okay, well, I, I do have to say, if you didn't listen to the last pod that Vito wasn't on, we, we obviously changed the game up when Vito's not here. Because Kev can't play the other one and he hates it. And it's not really a one-player game. Um, although it is when it's Vito and Kev playing, funnily enough. But uh got to give a shout-out again. This is a game that I've stolen from the Football Ramble. The the player is, is my own. I've created the clues myself. 
the last time it caused a bit of controversy because I messed up because I basically wrote these clues during lockdown last year and never ended up using them. So it was a bit outdated. But this player, his career has not changed since that. So I've double checked that we're safe. Do I get the, uh, do I get the, you tell me if he's current or former? Um, no. I don't I think we did that last time. Oh, okay. But I think we've got that anyway, to be honest. So if it's if it's similar level of the last one, I've got it. Yeah, like I said, I think this player is more difficult, but I think I've been very kind with the clues um, because you'll see anyway as I go along. So I'm going to read out a series of clues. You can stop me at any point throughout and guess the identity of the player. You've got, I think, three guesses, right? I'm very generous with this game. And if you don't get it with your third guess, I get the, the win. Okay? Yeah. All right. So, Kev, I was born on January 8th, 1979. Okay. Are you going to try work out his age? Well, you know, my age allows me to work out his age pretty quickly. Okay. How old is he, Kev? So, he is 42. Okay. I made 12 moves in my 20-year career, never playing more than one spell with the same club. I quite like that clue. And to be honest, I'd have expected more moves. Yeah. Um, Kev, your, your, your audio has gone a bit. Can you just move a little bit closer when you're speaking? Well, I've got headphones oh, on. Oh, there you go. It's better now, yeah. I don't know why uh, I went. I was probably leaning on it because okay. I was writing on my notepad. That okay. Note. Clue number um, three. Mm. In in August 2003, I joined Chelsea for around 20 million euro. Okay. So this is uh, this is uh, Abramovich's first season. So, was this not before Abramovich? No, because um, Abramovich's first season was 03-04. Ranieri finished second, and then Mourinho came in and won the league in 04 I'd be really sad if he got it this early, you know, because I've got a few more clues to get through. Well, it was 20 million, wasn't it? Yeah, around 20 million. Around 20 million. So the 12 moves is... The 12 moves is throwing me off a little bit. Okay. Um, You've got three lives, so you might as well... But I don't want you to guess because you'll get it right. Um, but, um, <laughs> I'm torn here. 42. Do you want, me to, do you want me to say how many more clues there are? Yeah, tell me how many more clues there are. So, okay, so I've, we've, I've read three. There are one, two, three, four remaining. <laughs> Be quick because my battery will die on the laptop. <laughs> okay, well, um, in my debut against Leicester, I scored a long-range winner, which was just one... Of four goals from my first three games for Chelsea, this is. God. Are you re- are you just like playing with me here? Do you really not know who this is? No, I can't picture a Leicester goal against. Uh, I can picture it. I can picture this one. Um, yeah, 
you hadn't you had some sort of soft spot for Chelsea. Well, my dad's a Chelsea fan, yeah. Um on to the next one then. A, okay. the, the first few words of this probably won't help that much, um, to be honest. A troubled relationship with Jose Mourinho ended my stay in London at the beginning of 2004-05 due to an argument about whether or not I was really injured. The next two are huge. There's no way you're not getting it. Okay, yeah. So I'm just going to say the one thing that popped, the one thing that popped into my mind about the um, disagreement with Mourinho was um, Adrian Mutu. But he's nowhere near 42 because I'm sure he's younger than me. Okay. So are you not guessing Adrian Mutu, no? Well, yeah, well, I've got three guesses. So yeah, throw that in there. But 20 million feels too low. But Kev, are you guessing Adrian Mutu or are yeah. you allowing me to continue? No, I will guess Adrian Mutu. And then when you tell me I'm wrong, I'll have the next question. It's Adrian Mutu. Okay, really? <laughs> yes. And the two final clues, which definitely gave it away, were after Chelsea returned, I returned to Italy, initially joining Juve before becoming a hero at Fiorentina in a five-year stay. In all, I played for six Italian sides in order, Inter, Verona, Parma, Juve, Fiorentina, and Cesena. I am Adrian Mutu. Yeah, because the twenty million move, I have Mutu and I have Veron in my mind, but Veron, I think, moved the year after mm. two thousand and three. Mm. But uh, did you like that? Yeah, I I do like these. They're quite um, you know brain teasing. My age, you have got to keep the old uh, cells ticking over. Would you prefer if we played this game next season instead of the other game? I would actually. I think I'd find it quite interesting to see how Vito go on. Re- if nothing requires else. considerably more work from me. Uh, well, yeah, then let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what we can do. Um, all right. <laughs> Maybe we should first poll the listeners to see if they want to know any uh, any any quizzes. Yeah, um, I, I don't care what they want. To be honest, the other thing is these are usually players from an era when I was I suppose with more brain cells <laughs> as opposed to you giving me random play I'll tell you who if it had been the same game we play with Vito this week you could have done Ricardo Rodriguez because he came up before where's he the, now Torino is he Rodriguez, Rodriguez came up in the team lineup and I could not for the love of me realize what Ricardo what Rodriguez it was <laughs> I was like, and I was really, I didn't want to look. I didn't want to look, so I'm there, and I'm going, no, come on, I can get, you can get this, Kev. Hmm. He's he's Rodriguez. He's a f- starter for Torino. Obviously, he was one of the six changes, but I think he only moved there last year from Milan, and I hated him at Milan. Yeah, he's dreadful because um, he was just got a one-dimensional and a bit sluggish. But yeah, there you go. One um, day, put Rodriguez in. He's one of those players, though, like Deli Ali, who's usually referred to by his full name. So I've never heard him referred to as Rodriguez. He's always Ricardo Rodriguez. I, I don't know what it is about him. Uh, I think it's because whoever tweeted the lineup just put the the, the surnames. But, mm. uh, All right, um, Kev. Any more to say? See you Sunday. That'll be a first. Um, okay, yeah. Guys, we'll be back again at the weekend. Thanks for sticking with us. Let us know if you enjoy this game more than the other, and I might talk about it.
<laughs> over the summer. Uh, goodbye, we'll speak to you soon. Mi innamorai di te, il cuore mi batteva, non chiedermi perché, di tempo ne è passato e siamo ancora qua, e oggi come allora difendo la città. Non chiedermi perché Di tempo ne è passato E siamo ancora qua E oggi come allora Difendo la città Deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Plan for your next trip, elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com/trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.